good afternoon, good evening, and also a very good morning to all the fans of the National Arena League. And welcome to another edition of Inside the Walls podcast. I do apologize that there were episodes on Wednesday and Thursday this week as I was recovering or am still kind of recovering from a cold slash upper respiratory virus. It kicked my behind. And I do apologize because last week was an incredible week of the National Arena League. Some big returns, um, an epic game in Columbus. It was a game in Jacksonville that no one thought was going to happen. It's an incredible action in the National Arena League. And also we're previewing week 13 of the National Arena League. We have teams that are the precipice of clinching. And we have teams that are just percentage points away of their season's ending. And of course, this week on Turf Talk, I will be joined by another then multiple-time Ironman Player of the Week, Darius Prince of the Albany Empire, and to talk to him about the season, what's going on with the Albany Empire, where their plans, how they're preparing for the postseason run, and also we'll look back at his past careers, of course, in the Arena League, and also on other positions like Philadelphia, Seoul. Yeah, it will be interesting. I may not be as good as Zach in interviews, but I'll give you the best I can for some intel into the National Arena League. So after this short break, we get into the rewind from week 12 of the National Arena League. This is so hard doing the bias. I don't know how Zach does this. We'll be back after this, ladies and gentlemen. This is Inside the Walls Podcast. Covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight, this is the Inside the Walls Podcast with Zach Kyleman and Jim Bernier. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, here to the Inside the Walls podcast. Of course, you know me. I'm Jim Bernier, a.k.a. the Glorious One. Yes. Zach's not by around me to calm me down, but okay. Let's get into some news and topics that the National Arena League happened in Week 12. Um, first off, I have been sent messages. I've been in con- constant communication with the people that are in charge of things about certain rumors out there about expansion teams, players. See, one thing I, I want to say about, I guarantee a lot of you guys know what expansion is and how expansion works. Um, in the arena game, no matter if it's the NAL or the other leagues or the old AFL, expansion happens all the time. That is the narrative. But for people to make statements and for people to come out and say, oh, I know this, I know this, I know this, I know know this, and here are the facts, here's the, you know, I have evidence, and there's a a document signed of not going to happen. Those are type of the expansion rumors that are technically just more of attention grabbers than actual rumors themselves. Like I've said what Zach said multiple times, if expansion rumors are happening, we'll be the first ones that, hey, this is going on, this is going on, this is going on, because we have connections with the National Arena League. Every single organization this team has connections. I have cell phone numbers of a lot of people in the league. So if I want to go dig into some rumors about some expansion organizations, I can just call two people and get all the lowdown. Um, but again, for the people who have reached out, people from Albany, people from San Antonio, say, hey, I heard this. Is this real? Is What's your hearing? What's your source? I've right now, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, rumors are rumors, and I'm not going to report on rumors. I'm not going to be a person that's going to say, hey, this is the facts. This is what's going on. 
you know what, dang it, we're the first one to report, so you better give us credit. We're not going to be that type of person. We're going to give you the information that we know, and when we do give you the information, it's the legit information from the actual sources and related to the situation. But one of the things that popped up this past week was players. And rumors speculated in the National Arena League a couple of days ago before the kickoff of this past weekend about a certain quarterback and about how a certain team was trying to hold back this certain quarterback announcement. Tell you a fact. I knew about Mason's return a week to two weeks, almost two and a half weeks before it actually happened. But because of the respect I have for the Columbus organization, because of the respect I have for Mason Espinoza, and for the respect I have for everyone who's involved in that, in that industry over there in Columbus, I wasn't going to spoil the, the signing because there's a lot of people out there that get mad. It's like, why is Espinosa on the roster? What's going on? A, he wasn't – A, he was an inactive. He was always on the roster. So, technically, the NAL doesn't have to announce that he's back. Um, B, he was always on the inactive roster. Therefore, he was just a person that wasn't dressed. So, he could have came onto the roster and play any moment at any time during the season. As you know, he is the offensive coordinator of DePaul University, or DePaul. You may correct me on this, but decided to come down here for summer. The recruiting's kind of calmed down. As you know, college football season, we're getting close to that dead period in uh, recruiting because the season's right around the corner. I think right when camps start, I mean, maybe two weeks from now, uh, recruit, recruiting stop, stops at D1. I know that for sure. I don't know how it is in DePaul, but I guarantee it's similar rules. But there were also some free agent acquisitions last week that people – said, this is unfair. Why is this happening? Teams do this every year. Well, this week, week 12, 13 of the National Arena League, after this, we cannot sign any off-street free agents from other leagues. That is it. The signing period ends. The only way you can get additional players is if you have injuries or if there's injuries or suspensions somewhere. But you cannot sign free agents outside of this week. And that is uh, not just pivotal. Uh, for situations, but a lot of teams, it's the National Arena League, it's high-rating football. It's been done like this for ages. This is not new. And I see a lot of people out there going, oh, Jim, this is BS. No, it's not BS because this is the way, like the Mandalorian says, this is the way. Uh, it's been done like this all the time. Um, but for time constraints, because I don't want to, you know, project anything that's big, um, that I may get in trouble with without Zach, you know, hitting me on the say, hey, can't say that. What's happening this week when all the transactions occur in the National Marine League? There's going to be a lot of people on our web, on our Facebook, on our Twitter that are going to be, well, I can say, butthurt a little bit. Um, but just to reassure you, this happened last year. People got mad about Albany signing all these players. and People got mad about how Orlando was signing all these players in the last week. It's how it happens. Um, the national re the reason why this – honestly, this is not a source. It's not a connection. This is just my knowledge of knowing the Arena League for so long. In the AFL, it wasn't really a big deal because they actually had an agreement by the Player Association that, hey, it, only, this, it can only have signings up to this week. NAL, they don't have a players association yet. So therefore, the league can make its own guidelines. See, that's how 
we see these transitions of players from team to team or free agent signs all the way up to basically postseason. And a lot of people get mad. So this is BS. This is about, it's like, uh, well, let's look at the team so far. The Jacksonville Sharks are a completely different team than week one than they are right now because they have free agent acquisition. Arvell Nelson and Mike Faithful as a backup quarterback, just key contributors. You look at the Albany Empire, there's a couple of guys there they've signed. They've signed kickers that have kept their games in place. They've signed linebackers and D linemen that came in and filled the void from players that were suspended. You look at Orlando, they did the same thing. Arena teams do this all year long, but it only becomes an issue when it's two weeks before the season. I guarantee I'm getting a couple of coaches out there saying, Jim, you're praising it. Preach it. Yes, I know. I guarantee I got a couple of coaches out there that are like, the, the, there is, this needs to be the rule. The rule needs to be set for this. It's hard. It's very hard. It's like me talking about things outside of the National Arena League. Like, I have a personal project that I'm starting with another co-host of mine. It's going to be a podcast about Florida State. Um, this person uh, is well-respected in FSU. And I already know things about Florida State that I can't say out loud because technically, if I do say it, they'll say, no, it won't happen. But in this industry, in the arena game, there are no guidelines like there are in college football or like there is in the National, uh, National Football League. There are no guidelines. There is just a set rule. The set rule is this season. So brace yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Be patient. Yes, the season's coming in. Playoffs are coming here in a couple of weeks. But there are going to be some extended sign, uh, signings this week that are going to make a lot of you get really mad. So I'm going to get on ahead of this here this morning and let you guys know that it's okay. Calm down. Everything's fine. Everything's okay. So without that, with those news, I just want you know, I just want to get this step of the horse. And remember, rumors are rumors. If people are claiming that they know something and they were the first to report on a rumor and don't actually identify the team or the city or the arena, they don't have anything. As stated by an anonymous NAL source. Um, and also be prepared for all the unique signings happening this today or probably tomorrow. It's gonna be very interesting. A lot of you out there may be very intrigued about some of the signings and i guarantee a lot of you will reach out to us and say why is this acceptable remember it's the national arena league they have guidelines they don't have a union yet the union and other leagues set the standard when certain things or deadlines or whatever but in the national arena league it's just this week and it's the final week of signing free agents outside of the national arena league so let's get into some action should we go to the slacking that happened in Jacksonville, or should we talk about one of the best arena football games I have seen all year? Yes, I'm, let's do that first. Let's go to Columbus. That game this past week in Columbus, I hate to say, probably if I do the rankings right now, that is the best arena football game I have seen all year. High action, high-paced, back-and-forth action, and we saw Mason struggle early then come develop what he is, what he was last season, the MVP of the National League. This game was, honestly, for me, like, a, like this is what Columbus should, be, should have looked like all season long if Mason was at the helm. But, man, San Antonio, it's I – was, I was talking to a coach out there and on, the, on the phone a couple of days ago, and he even stated 
a uh, great comment. Uh, he says San Antonio is this year's version of the main mammoths where they just ran out of time. And I completely agree with that. The San Antonio gunslingers are by far still one of the hottest teams. They lost a close one against Columbus, but still they're one of the hottest teams in the national Green league. And I can't, you know, take that away from them. And of course, if you look at that game this past week, it was an exciting back and forth fair way arena football game should be. It was incredible. Yeah, guys going out there, showing out. Uh, Townsend, Mason Espinoza, Kent, Kylie Rashad. You had guys going off. Fortson with one-handed catch after one-handed catches. You had kickers nailing deuces in the Civic Center. You know how hard it is to kick deuces in the Civic Center? <laughs> just ask Peterson. Just ask Blanchard. Just ask Barber. Just ask the kickers, T.C. Stevens, to name a few, of how hard it is to kick in that arena. But overall, the game was, I think, I think Zach may agree with me with this, it's the best game I've seen all year. Hands down, best game I've seen all year. Back and forth, Mason Espinosa, the return of the king, comes in there and leads the Lions to a big victory and gets that separation that doesn't eliminate San Antonio or doesn't eliminate Orlando, which I kind of messed up. I apologize, but technically, based on the games, and we're on the very fine little string here. Orlando is still technically alive. San Antonio is officially eliminated, even though they have the same record. Only reason why is because Columbus, if they lose out, or Orlando wins out, Orlando will have the tiebreaker over Columbus because they won two out of three games. That's how it happens. And if they tie, or excuse me, if Orlando wins, they win two out of, two out of two, win the series, they'll take the tiebreaker if it's split. It goes by point differential, or right now Columbus has a better point differential than the Orlando Predators, and that will basically be the elimination of the Orlando Predators. But speaking of that last game, one thing I want to say is that the Columbus Lions, after what happened in Carolina, what I want to say about the Columbus Lions after that game in Carolina, they kind of, you know, the mindset. Like I said, and like what means uh, Zach have said multiple times, we just can't count out a Jason Gibson squad, uh, how he prepares, how he gets his team ready. And it's not surprising. It ha- did not shock me one bit at how they came out this week and completely played to their best of their capability. And what was so good about this game this past week in Columbus is that you had both teams play the best football they played all season long. Both teams, best football played both uh, all season long, and he's seen the top performances of the two. Only a four-point differential, five-point differential, one-possession game, arena football like we love it. We got it. Unfortunately, the loss technically officially eliminates San Antonio from playoffs, like I mentioned just moments ago. And for Columbus, keeps them. Go figure, ladies and gentlemen. Columbus still has an outside shot of hosting home field advantage throughout the playoffs including Jacksonville, including Albany, and including the Carolina Cobras. What a crazy final two weeks we're going to have here for a pivotal, pivotal playoff stretch to end the season. Now, let's step back and look at another game from this past weekend. The Jacksonville Sharks hosted the Carolina Cobras in a game that was Pivotal for Carolina. Carolina with a win would have wrapped up the number one overall seed in the National Arena League. 
and Jacksonville would have been on not life support, but they would have been put in the position where the next two next two games were going to be crucial that they had to get everything situated and push forward. But with that, Jacksonville is key in this situation. What a performance by Arvell Nelson and the Jacksonville Sharks and the Shark team. Oh, almost 8,000 fans were in the attendance. Almost 8,000 fans were in attendance for an epic game in the Shark Tank. Carolina, I don't know. It's like I've stated before what Zach stated before multiple times. Kamali Kennery has those plays where he'll throw that bonehead play, and you'll be like, what's going on here? Carolina's offense was stopped four times against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's defense shut them down in the first half, and it was really not a competitive game at all. Um, Jacksonville handed, handed them a big L. Now, if we look at the overall over, overall outlook of the Jacksonville Sharks, they don't control their destiny, but they have everything in front of them. They win the next two games, and Albany loses one game to either to Orlando or to San Antonio. The Shark Tank is home field advantage. That's how crazy it's going to be. That's how crazy it is in the National Arena League. So, but if we look back, you usually you have guys like Arvell, Arvell Nelson showing out like he did. But you didn't. You had Naquan Murray, who had a good first half, bummed ankle. He was out. But other guys like Rob Jones stepped up. But also Devin Wilson came back after his injury, which I told you guys last week was going to happen. He came back. And, of course, Devin Wilson returned and acted like nothing happened. And the Jacksonville took over the game. Big stops after big stops after big stops and capitalizing. And, of course, when you start off the game with two deuces, everything goes good for a team when you're kicking deuces and the other team can't get in the end zone. But for Carolina, back to the drawing board, you still have your own – you still control your own fate. But the thing I saw in that game is penalties, turnovers, uncharacteristic mistakes by Carolina. Jacksonville did something to the Carolina Cobras that very few teams have done. Jacksonville's done it twice to them already this year. Um, Albany did it one time, and San Antonio did. They flustered the quarterback. Yes, we're another. this is another quarterback, Blake Henry, that was in the game that kind of got, you know, Alec trains. I think Jacksonville knew his tendencies and went after his tendencies and capitalized on those. Happens in every coaching decision. I think Burley saw that and capitalized it. Jacksonville got a big win. They are two games above 500. They kind of control their own fate. But they, at worst, they can be the four seed, at best, and the first seed. That's one's amazing thing about the last two weeks, ladies and gentlemen. All four teams can be one seed or the four seed. Nothing changes. That's how hard it is. That's how hard it is to do things like this. But, ladies and gentlemen, I know one thing is, is for certain. Football is incredible. Football is amazing. But one thing I got to say about the National Arena League so far, you thought the playoffs are going to be crazy? The next two weeks are going to be crazy. So Jacksonville with a big win, Carolina with a big win. But all, all that, I can't tech, tell a lot because Zach's not here. I need more feedback. But anyways, big wins by Carolina, big wins, a big win by Columbus, big win by Jacksonville. Incredible out. Incredible out. Now let's see what week 13 brings us in the National League. But coming up next here in the National Green League's official podcast, Perf Talk with Darius Prince of the Albany Empire. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Inside the Walls, and welcome to a segment called Turf Talk. It's usually on Thursdays, but hey, all three shows in one day. Alongside me, 
is no other than multiple-time Iron Man of the Week award winner, Darius Prince of the Albany Empire. Darius, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. So, Darius, let's get into it. Albany's clinch playoffs. You're already, you're already set. You're already chilling. Are you guys taking any breaks? He's like, that's it. We're just going to coast into the playoffs. Or are you guys really putting the floor, uh, pedal to the metal here, entering uh, week 13 and week 14? Uh, no, we're, we're not letting off the gas, man. Um, you know, we're still trying to lock up the number one seed with two games left. Um, we got we to gotta win both games, and then we need Carolina to lose one of their next two games. So we're full tilt, man, full tilt, trying to lock up that number one seed for the playoffs. Uh, that Speaking of the playoffs, number one seed, I think this is the latest ever in the National Arena League that all four teams that are in the playoffs right now still have a chance of being the number one overall seed. It's just amazing how different scenarios, me and Zach were going over. I'm like, wow, that's crazy how everything is all – we had, what, 12 weeks to decide who the top four are, and now we're like, well, we know who the top four are, but who's going to be the one and two? Uh, right. It's crazy because last year, you guys in Albany and Columbus blew out everybody. It was it was clearly you and Columbus, and that was it. Uh, it was no – okay, Orlando did a little bit, a little bit of excitement. Carolina got in the very end, but – it was you and Columbus straight last season, and you showed it winning the championship. Um, speaking of that, winning the championship, now Albany, I think have, they've raised three banners from the old Firebird days, the old Empire, and last year's team. Um, speaking of that, uh, Coach Manos, how is it his mentality just you know put on the team to, from that championship year last year to this season? With wasn't as championship glory, had a couple stumbles this year. Uh, how is it? Uh, how has the adversity helped you guys, especially at this point after your first or your second bye, not your first one? Um, I just think, um, you know, like when you when you get hit with adversity like we did, we went through a three-game losing streak. Um, and, you know, like coach just always believed in us. You know, we just always came back and prepared. And games didn't go how we planted. Um, you know, some calls went against us, uh, didn't go in our favor. You know, we won't feel how we feel about that. For, the, for those who watch the game, know what happened. Um, you know what I mean? But when you face adversity, man, and you got a tight group the way we got a tight group, man, you know, we just we just leaned on each other. You know, we're gonna, we, we just told each other we're going to get through this, man. The coaching staff believe in everybody in the locker room. They're mm -hmm. going to still put a game plan together, and we just got to go out and execute it, you know. So, you know, we got out of our little funk, man, and, and we're playing some really good football right now. So we just kind of got to keep riding this wave. How is it, as a receiver, watching Sam Cashman just involved from – when he was basically thrown out there, I think week two or week three of this season and developed into a quarterback that he is today. Oh man, it's a great thing to see. I mean, Sam has getting has gotten better each and every week. Um, the dude makes plays with his feet, man. Um, you know, he yeah. extends plays and then, you know, like I said, man, the, the, the kid's just been climbing uphill ever since ever since he started went through some ground pains but that's what you expect with a young quarterback you know what i mean like we mm -hmm. we got his back and we know that our success is going to ride on his arm so you know what i mean like with me and sam watch a lot of film together um you know we sit down and we go over things me him and coach Ware. you know we just come up with a nice little game plan going in going into the week man we just got to execute it but man it's, it's 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 been good man seeing him get better each and every week man it really has been well speaking of sam one thing I've noticed, especially when he played in Jacksonville, uh, I think week three, he made a couple of plays with his feet, and I'm like, holy crap. Like, no quarterback can do that just right off the cuff and start scrambling. And he threw a dart to you. 
uh, in the right corner of the end zone. And I was like, no one can catch this besides Prince because of where the ball placement was. And I've seen that from Sam as he's involved. Because last year he played in Carolina. There's nothing like this. And it's deja, not deja vu. It's like night and day from what he is today. And that just speaks to you and uh, Antoine Grant, Wade, and Dangerfield, and all the players that have come through the offense this year in Albany and how he's just progressed, especially with Warren Smith. Um, and, of course, with Warren Smith, you had experience with them in Lehigh Valley a couple years ago. Uh, but overall, Sam and me are like, I think either Levesque has said this or I was the first one to say it because it was back, basically a back and forth thing about calling him Supernova. Um, but still, it, it, it's great to see him just evolve, especially his mobility. Like, it's the, how your offense is set up. Like, he knows if he makes mistakes, the defense is going to get your back. And overall, last couple of weeks, it's just his mobility has kept you guys in the game. And I'm amazed each week, like, oh, yeah, there's no doubt. It's, it's, watch this be a bootleg for 14 yards, and there's Sam bootleg 14 yards for touching. Like, I called it. I knew it was going to happen because of his ability. Um, but speaking of you, uh, Darius, your history in the arena game spans from the early ages of the NAL to the Philadelphia Skull, um, one of the most epic receiver cores I've ever seen. If you, if, if people out there go look up the Philadelphia Soul from 2019, um, ouch! <laughs> I was just gonna say that's a that's a killer uh, that's a killer wide receiver core, and I guarantee you've heard it, and I've guaranteed a lot of people have seen it on the chats. Uh, people are like, I think a couple weeks ago, it's like, man, the Albany versus Carolina game. This is like deja vu, Philadelphia Soul versus Jack Sharks back in the old days because all the players are so similar from those two organizations. It's very unique. But speaking of your time in Lehigh and going to Albany, how is your journey, especially in the arena game itself, as it's evolved and as you've gotten to this point in time in the National Arena? Um, man, my, my journey has is, is still a surreal feeling to me, to be honest, uh, playing college basketball and never playing a lick of college football, you know, and then <laughs> getting introduced to this arena game that I knew nothing about. I knew nothing about indoor football, nothing about arena football. And, um, you know, a good friend of mine back home, Leroy Johnson, he was like, hey, Prince, man, you got to get into arena football, get into arena football. So when I got my chance, I mean, I've really just been blessed, man, because I got a chance to play alongside of some great players in the arena football game. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, mm -hmm. Warren Smith was my Warren Smith was my quarterback in Lehigh Valley, and then after Lehigh Valley, Clint Dozell brings me into the Philadelphia Soul, and I'm learning from SK. I'm learning from Darius Money Reynolds. I'm learning from Ryan McDaniel's. Uh, Chris Duvall was there. Larry Beavers was there. You know what I mean? I'm learning from all these guys as a as a youngster. And I just took bits and pieces from each and every one of them. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and I just put it and I just put it all I just put it all together, uh, you know, and um, just playing in the system with Philadelphia. Like you, you just you just had to be one of them type of guys. Like if you if you if you didn't have the smarts and you couldn't if you couldn't pick up with what Coach Dozell was laying down, you just couldn't be there. You just couldn't play there. Um, you know what I mean? So you had to go out there. You just had to produce. And. And that's one of the things that I just always carried with me. Like when 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 Dozell called your number, man, you had to make a play. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> like like you really <laughs> couldn't make many errors with that guy, man. And 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 that's how I go. You know what I mean? So then going from Philly, then coming up here to playing against Albany, and then actually being here in Albany and playing here, you know what I mean? It's, it's just it's just a great feeling, man. And each and every season, I just try to go out and try to be better than I was last season. You know what I mean? The year mm -hmm. before, I just always try to go out 
and just be a better teammate, be a better person, be a better player. And you know what I mean? Obviously, the, the end goal is to always win a championship. So, you know, just that, that, that's just how I go about it. Well, speaking of last season, you had Malachi on the team and Phil Barnett on the team. And Malachi stole the show in the NAL championship game. And when the offseason hit, people say, oh, the big free agents, who's going to go where? And then Albany signs Antoine Grant and yourself. Um, I've talked to some people outside the league, and, it, and there was rumors and talk about you wanting to play defense um, and offense. With the Ironman game in full swing, I've seen you in situations where you'll score a touchdown as a receiver, then the next possession when you're on defense, you're picking off a quarterback and running the back. How is this year's Ironman developed you as a player, and how unique is the Ironman to you as a player? Um, I, it really just helped me see the game from the other side of the ball because I, I, I was used to playing one side, which was offense. And then um, now I'm, I actually have to watch, like, so, for example, we play Orlando this week. Now I have – instead of watching Orlando's uh, offense, now I got to watch – I mean, instead of watching their defense, now I got to watch their offense because I got to watch how the receivers run their routes. Yeah, I got to pick up on – certain things that the receivers do to give away what they're about, what type of route they're about to run. Um, I mean, I, this is my first time playing Ironman. Um, to be honest, I really wasn't a fan of it at first. You know, um, I just I just didn't think, um, you know, it will work out. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it is what it is, man. We, we started playing it, and, and I actually enjoyed it because I always, I always wanted to play defense, to be honest. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I, and even in high school, I started defense, and I was like a third-string receiver. Uh, but I started cornerback in high school. And so um, I've always had a thing for defense. I always love watching people, um, even in basketball. Like, I always guarded the best player on the floor, even though I know it's a different sport. But I just I just always love defense. Uh, it just so happened that when I, I could catch the ball and I could make plays. Um, but Iron, Iron Man is cool. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, everyone had adjustments to uh, get used to it. Um, I, I really think it's more of a strategy game. Um between the coaches on how you're going to use your substitutions and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously the play, the players got to go out there and make the plays at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, it is what it is, man. And and I just go out there and just try to prepare the best I can to, to, to get ready for the game each week. Well, you're playing against the Orlando Predators this weekend, former teammates on there, Lonnie Outlaw. We had him on the show a couple of months ago. And I, I'm not going to misquote him. He actually said this. Prince don't want that middle. And I think it's because he's calling you out, say he you come to him covering you. Um, one thing I love about this game is that I've noticed that people who talk trash on each other in the league are actually really good friends because they played with each other with some other team. And I was like, oh, man, we got a little rivalry between Prince and Outlaw that I go look into him like, this ain't no Robert. They were teammates in freaking Finley. Like, this is just maybe just like just two buddies butt, going button heads with each other. But overall, I've seen some incredible matchups. I've seen you cover Devin Wilson. I've seen you cover DJ Myers. I've seen you cover Lonnie Outlaw down in Orlando. And it just makes me, as a fan of the arena game, go, these are just straight, like, massive athletes. Like, when the USFL had their draft a couple months ago, and I was like, I didn't see any one arena football guy on there. I was like, man, these people are overlooking the great talent that is in this league. And you're one of them. It was like, I would have thought you would have been on one of the Birmingham teams or whatever. I forgot how many teams there are in the old USFL. But you, Antoine, Devin, I thought you guys would go because you're talented enough. And 
right. this Iron Man game is just proven just, yeah, you're a great receiver or Devin Wilson's a great receiver or Outlaw's a great receiver. It's also proven that you guys can play the other side of the ball. And that's unique just not for the outdoor game. It's also unique for NFL scouts that may come to a game like, hey, we want to bring you to this team. See, try out. It's all like we talked to Devin Wilson a couple weeks weeks ago. He even said we all were looking for that one call for a tryout at a camp so they get showed out and basically get signed by an NFL team because that's all your goals is dreams, all your players' dreams is play in the NFL on Sundays. Um, But for you, as a player of Albany, two weeks left of the season, Throwing all the awards out. I know there's people like, I'm going to be the MVP. I'm going to win the Ironman of the Year of the award. The goal right now is to win the playoffs. Get in the play- Everyone's in the playoffs. Win the championship. As you as a player and as the Albany Empire, I know you, you guys don't – yeah, they're scoreboard watching. People do. Coaches will say, well, we're not scoreboard watching. You look at the sideline. They're looking at the scoreboard, seeing what's going on in other games. Um, what is you as – you guys in Albany – you guys are trying to get the number one seed or number two, at least be home field. Is there any matchup you'd rather have in the first round of the playoffs or you just want to play whoever shows up on that game? Or if you guys happen to travel to, is there anyone who you want to play probably first or the players? He's like, ah, right. Like, I, like, like I said before, right now, right now we're just taking care of the number one seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we'll take, just take care of the last two games of the regular season. Um, with hopes of getting the number one seed. Um, besides that, man, I mean, we we done played against everybody in the in the league a few times already. You know, um, we when it all comes down to it, whenever your rankings come out one through four, and one got to play four, and two got to play three, however that matches up, and just how it matches up. Obviously, we would like to be at home, um, you know, but you know, we just got to take care of our business, control what we can on our end. And, you know, wherever, wherever the chips fall after that, man, we just got to buckle up and play. It's not going to be, it's not going to be easy. Um, mm-hmm. As you can see, I mean, San Antonio, um, they've made a nice little run towards the end of the season. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, unfortunately they got it, you know, they're eliminated now, but you know, it just took them a little while and adjusting to get to, and they, they started clicking, you know, yeah. I mean? they started to put up the most points. They started to put up the most points in the league yes. uh, for a couple, for a couple weeks. Last you know week's I mean? game so against like, Columbus um, was incredible. Like that, that yeah, was an yeah. awesome game. So, uh, if you're a arena football fan and you watch that game, you're like, wow, this is an incredible game back and forth. That's just like I, I was talking right. to another coach in the NAL this week, and he literally stated to me saying that San Antonio is this year's version of the main mammoths where they just caught on fire way too late and they just ran out of the games yeah. uh, for them to actually get yeah. it close. That's like that's a good comparison because that main mammoths team uh, back in the, that second half, they were the best team in the league and they just ran out of the games. Uh, because of the heartbreaking loss right. like San Antonio did. Like, they gave you guys a challenge last game in San Antonio, and a couple weeks ago they pulled off the upset. But still, that was just – they they are just – Shaw, uh, uh, Kali Rashad, Philip Barnett, Robert Kent, that team is day and night different from when they put when the, they were week one. I, I just give all the props to San Antonio. Like, that organization no, no, day and night. Off. Hats off to San Antonio for sure, and that, and that, and that's and that's just what I'm saying. Like it really don't matter who the matchup's going to be. I mean, once you get you're you're you don't know how this game's going to go with the Ironman rules and all this right. stuff like that. So especially once you get in the playoffs, man, you just you just got to be the best team for two games. That's right. it. You know what I mean? And 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 everyone's everybody's going to give you their all once you get into the playoffs. Like you know what I mean? So 
you know, don't we're not looking for any particular matchup. You know, obviously, like I said, we would like we just want to be home. You know what I mean? If we can yeah. at least host one one round of the playoffs home, you know what I mean? We would like that instead of going on the road for two games. But mm-hmm. you know, like I said, man, we just control what we can on our end, and you know, just just ride out. Once once the playoffs come, man, we just got to make the best of it. Uh, that's what great John Madden said. It's not how you get in; it's how you win when you're in. Um, and absolutely that he said that I don't, when he was a Raiders head coach, I'm like, well, that's still true. Even though he's made some dumb comments, like the winner scores the most <laughs> points. Really? John, I did not know that. Um, but anyways, <laughs> but anyways, Darius, uh, where can the fans find you on social media, how they get a hold of you, um, to spread your brand? Cause in the arena game, it's all about brand and imaging. Okay, yeah, so my Facebook is just my first and last name, Darius Prince, D-A-R-I-U-S, Prince, P-R-I-N-C-E. Um, DP, DP. Those are the three uh, social medias I use. I really don't use Twitter that much, mm-hmm. but I'm on Instagram and Facebook all the time, man. So, you know, friend requests come through, I accept them. Uh, anytime a fan inbox me, I do mm-hmm. my best to to inbox them back, you know. But yeah, that that's pretty much it for me. Can you repeat your Instagram and Twitter? You kind of broke up a little bit, but we got your Facebook. Okay, okay. So DP. So mm-hmm. first first initial last initial underscore the goat T A T G O A T. And that's well, la- and that's Instagram and Twitter. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Darius Prince, wide receiver, DB of the Albany Empire, multiple iron man of the week award winners and thank you Darius for joining us today version of short version of turf talk here on inside the walls (laughs) podcast and for the fans out there listening to us coming up next is the final walkthrough previewing week 13 of the national Ladies and gentlemen, to the final walkthrough, third segment of today's podcast. I'm Jim Renier, the host of Inside the Walls Podcast. Alongside me is my partner. No, no. He's not here. He in Ireland getting drunk on Guinness. But remember, ladies and gentlemen, Zach will be back next week as we break down the final week of action of the National Marine League. The season has come to an end here in a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks, honestly. Uh, but let's break it down. I'm not going to do power rankings because power rankings are all about elaboration, all about um, questions, all about, oh, this happened because this happened. It's the arena game. Everything's getting chaotic. Everything's going to get different. Everything's going to change because the season is coming to an end. I'm not going to touch on the power rankings. Just not. My partner crimes out here. And I need him here for the back and forth. But anyways. Let's get into the, this week's games because that's why you're here for. You're here for what I think will win this week's games. Three pivotal matchups. All of them have a all of them have a bunch of you can say not just questions of how each team can make the playoffs, but unique situations of how teams can clinch postseason positions or where they're at. Because most likely all there's four teams that are technically in. There's technically five still open. But Orlando's on the very fine line of being eliminated, but uh, all the other four teams are technically kind of in. But let's get into it. Let's start in Albany. Three keys of the game in Albany, where the Albany Empire hosts the Orlando Predators. Albany, Sam Castronova, do your thing. Play like you did in San Antonio a couple weeks ago. 
and you win this game comfortably. For honestly, for Albany's sake, keep distributing the ball equally through all your receivers. Don't be targeted on Darius Prince. Darius Prince is a beast. We all know that. But when teams started figuring out that, oh, we can take Darius Prince and let him do all of his things and take everyone else out of the game, we beat Albany. Albany, stick to that game plan. Keep giving the ball to all the receivers. Opens up the offense, makes a team, makes your team more explosive. Third option, get the deuces. You're home. When you play at home, you kick in the deuces. You're always kicking. Road games, not so much, but different venues, different situations. You don't know how it's going to equal out and happen. Get the deuces. For San Antonio, bring the same mentality. Uh, excuse me. For Orlando, the season seems like it's on the tips. It's I don't know what's going on. For Orlando, you just got beat by Jacksonville back-to-back weeks. You're trying to find yourself. You have Parsons trying to find himself. A lot of questions, a lot of intriguing matchups. For Orlando, key to the game, become spoiler. Do what a lot of teams that are out of the playoffs do or about to be out of the playoffs as spoil someone's uh, celebration a little early. And a loss for Albany opens up the gate for all the other teams that are involved in the playoff picture to capture that home field. But it's going to be unique. Now that Parsons has been there for a couple of weeks, now we know what's going on. Does he build up that chemistry with the receivers? Does Beavers get more developed? Does the team start to find themselves? Does Williams become more explosive? Does Orlando find a way to make enough plays and win this game? The keys of the game of that is for Orlando is just be the upset, be the spoiler that you can be and shock. Basically, not really shock the world, but you can shock the NEL community. Can you do that? It's unique. But who would I think? I don't think the upset of the week happens in this game. I just don't. Um, I like Albany Empire to take care of business against the Orlando Predators here in the MVP arena. And I think this is going to be one of the pretty, uh, pretty handled game. Uh, Orlando's traveling up to Albany. It's going to be a long road trip. And I think Albany takes care of business. And basically hasn't clinched a home playoff game, but they put a stranglehold on that home playoff game. Um, that home playoff game. Um, position. I like the Albany Empire in that game. Let's go into a another crucial matchup in San Antonio, where the San Antonio Gunslingers are hosting the Jacksonville Sharks. For Jacksonville, it's simple. You went out with Albany losing one game. You're the number one seed. You control, kind of control your own destiny, kind of. But you need, you need Albany to lose one game. If Albany doesn't lose the one game, you're not getting the one seed. And the reason why how you went out, well, you beat Carolina again, so you technically would be tied, and you will have the tiebreaker over them winning three out of the last four, three and four games over. It's very unique. But in this game, San Antonio is the hottest team in the league, same as Jacksonville. Jacksonville has won seven of the last nine games, has pretty handily won some crucial matchups, struggled against Orlando, but dominated Carolina. Keys to the game for San Antonio. Bring the same mentality like you did last week in Columbus and execute. 100%. Same mentality. Do not play like you're behind. You didn't play like you're behind against Columbus, and you went toe-to-toe with them at the very end. You played toe-to-toe with everybody. You played toe-to-toe with Jacksonville a couple weeks ago. You're home. Military, I think it's military appreciation or fan appreciation game in San Antonio. I expect a big crowd again. John Wayne Company has done a great job promoting that team, promoting that city, promoting you, the fans, to get more content for the San Antonio Gunslingers. For Jacksonville, and for San Antonio, 
I don't know how I say this, but I think we're going to have a similar pitcher in Jacksonville. Remember the game that happened a couple weeks ago? I do think that's going to happen again. I think San Antonio and Jacksonville are similar teams. They're the two hottest teams in the league. San Antonio is just running out of games, like me and Darius talked about when I mentioned earlier in the show. But Robert Kent, oppressive. I I don't know. I hate saying that San Antonio is going to lose this game because I really do like them. They've really impressed me. But for Jacksonville, I think they just found a new itch. They got Devin Wilson back. Marvell Nelson is there. Jacksonville, I think, is one of those teams where you look at right now in the National Arena League, they're the team to beat. They're on fire. They have taken care of a lot of business. And it's going to be a unique situation as it progresses. This week is going to be a pivotal man game in San Antonio. And most likely, I'll be doing a live stream during these games because a couple of the games are playing at the same time. So I'll be interacting with you with the fans. Do I see San Antonio pulling off the upset in this game? I do not. I do not see San Antonio pulling off an upset in this game. I think it's going to be one of those close games. I think it's going to be another one of those exciting final possession, last drive kind of football games where the San Antonio Gunslingers fall short. And again, a very excellent season for the San Antonio Gunslingers. I think Jacksonville has a lot more to play for right now with the season. Basically, with the number one seed for grabs, they're going to go after it and they're going to try to get it. I will elaborate more with this for San Antonio. I love what you guys are doing. Great season. I really agree. I'm looking forward to the next season and looking forward to how this organization improves over the next couple of years. And I'm pretty appreciate the guys there of the Smoking Guns podcast. Um, you guys have done a great job promoting the team, especially the John Wayne group. I just think that the San Antonio Gunslingers in this game just run out of the gas again against Jacksonville. And Jackson, like I've said multiple times this week, you can't st- you're not going to stop Jacksonville. You got to outscore Jacksonville. That's how you beat Jacksonville. Uh, their offense is very potent. Arvell Nelson is clearly one of the better quarterbacks in the National Arena League. Same as Robert Kent. Robert Kent's having a hell of a season. And, of course, you, get, you look at the receivers on both sides of the field. These two teams are loaded. This team – see, see, my voice is coming back. When, see, I told you I was recovering from something. Uh, my voice is coming going away again. But overall, I think San Antonio uh, is a good team, a solid team. They're like what I stated before. They're like the main mammoths from 2017. They're just running out of gas. And they ran out of time. And I think Jacksonville wins this game, close game, one possession game. But I think Jacksonville pulls off this game to get a crucial game against Carolina next week. That could be the determination of who wins, at least who wins the number one. Um, not really number one seed, but who wins the home field. Because there's a, there's a couple of seeds that uh, are pivotal. That happens in week 14. Jacksonville can be as worse as four seed. It can be as the best of one seed. Like I said earlier in the episode, all four teams have a chance to be. All four teams have a chance to be the number one seed. Let's get to the final game of this episode. Uh, final game of the uh, episode. Final game of the week of week 13. The Columbus Lions go back to the Carolina Cobras. This game is going to be unique to a situation where Mason Espinosa is coming in with Columbus, so the Columbus has a new attitude going against a Carolina team that just got beat up pretty badly against the Jacksonville Sharks. It's unique. It's a unique game. What do I think is going to happen? There's a couple of things that are happening behind the scenes that I have to say that Carolina wins this game. Um, it may be announced when this show is out, maybe out later today. I'm going to just say Carolina found, is going to find a way with a very experienced organization, with a very experienced receivers and the very experienced weapons, 
will win this game. I think this is going to be an interesting back and forth shooting out game uh, between Mason Espinosa and the Columbus Lions. I think that game is going to be pivotal. I want to more elaborate on what's going on, but I don't want to say anything. But I do like Carolina's game. I don't think Carolina's um, going to give up the one seed this easy right off the bat. This is going to be a clutch game. It's going to be one of the most exciting games of the season. I could elaborate more. I look at Columbus. I mentioned earlier in the episode how Columbus has played. That was the best game they played all year on back and forth action. Bring that same mentality to Carolina. You're going to have the same mentality, same exciting game. I just want to say the game in Carolina, fans keep an eye on that game. It's going to be unique. It's going to be crazy. And a lot of National Marine League fans, especially real football fans, will really enjoy it because of the uniqueness of the game. I just want to say my prediction of this game is Carolina. I think the hype is real in Carolina, and I just can't wait for you fans to know. That's why I'm going to pick the game. The keys of the game situation of this is see, it's easy for Carolina. Get your act straight. You're, you're been, you've been the best team all year. A couple of stumbling blocks. Now the adversary, the pressure's on you. Capitalize. I think they do it for Columbus. Bring that mentality over from last week, and you will be in a fighting chance to win this game. Possibly upset. Um, this is the game where you might see the upset of the week. Uh, you might see Columbus go into Carolina and beat Carolina and shock the NAL world. Almost say shock the world, but listen, not a lot of people watch Arena Football League, but I like Carolina in this one. Very close game. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Inside the Walls. I do apologize for being such a, such a delay. Um, as you can see, my voice went away a little bit uh, earlier. I've been fighting that all week, and I, you know, I got it and developed the mentality to do it give you the game i wish zach was here to do it with me uh because without him it's pretty hard to do it but remember follow us on facebook twitter instagram youtube national league.com or slash videos to follow all of our action of the national Marine league and the official podcast of the national Marine league here podcast inside the walls you have watched the final walkthrough turf talk and on Wednesday Reborn, all in the same episode. Do apologize, Mother Nature, and and the sickness got to me. I really do apologize for not getting the content out for you guys in time. But for myself and Zach, before we leave, remember one thing. Anyone ready for some playoff football? The clock is ticking. We're two weeks away. I'm Jim Renier. I'm one of the hosts of the Inside the Walls podcast. And to my friend Zach, in Ireland. Be safe. Travel safe. We'll see you next week. And for you NEL fans, I'll see you Saturday night for some live stream action of some Arena Football League, Arena Football of the National Arena League. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Drive safe if you're listening to this in the morning time. And for you people that are listening to this as a podcast while you're jogging, do not jog towards a dog that's on the loose. Because that happened to me. Anyways, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jim Renee, and enjoy this week's action of the National Marine League. Zach will be back next week here at Inside the Walls Podcast.